Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Abundant Life Long Beach. We hope wherever you are listening that this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, and, and the series is, and some of you probably have seen it through social media, the series is about how to read your Bible and how to have devotion. I, I charged the church the other Sunday and I said to you that the Holy Spirit told me that this church needs to get better at having a regular devotion. And I'm just obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm not in your homes. I don't know if you have regular devotion every single day, but I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit said to me that this church has to have a rhythm of regular devotion. And, and I'm just, when you when someone says the Holy Spirit is saying that, because there's a lot of stuff that I, I had planned in my planning this year to teach. God plans me out. I know what I'm going to teach you guys. With you. This is something that jumped in and said, the Holy Spirit literally clearly said, the church of Abundant Life needs to have a regular devotion with Christ. And you need, and, and so if I'm going to tell you guys to have a regular devotion, then I've got to back up as a good pastor and say, I got to teach you how to read the Bible and how to have devotion. So then, when you go do it, you can say, "All right, I know how to make that happen now." Amen. 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 And so today we're going to start with five benefits. Before we get into the how, you got to know well what's the benefit in it? What's in it for me, right? Well, what what's the benefit? The five benefits of studying God's Word. There's five benefits of studying God's Word. And um, I want you to go to Psalms 119. Right off the bat, let's start with this. If you don't have a Bible, you need to download a Bible app. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Bow your heads, let's pray right there. Father, we give you glory, we give you praise. Father, I thank you that this is so important, your word and instruction. And I ask that for the next few minutes that we sink in and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Uh, Holy Spirit, speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Again, five benefits in, in studying in studying God's word. How how many how many use maps for stuff? For stuff. You guys you guys use Google Maps for anything or or G, or you guys do that? Hey, you know what? When I go to Disneyland, I have to use a map. How many have to use a map when you go to Disneyland, right? No? You, you don't have to use a map when you go to Disneyland. Some, some of you have been there so many times you just know where to go. All right. Well, I have to use a map 
when I go to different places. For, for me, if you told me to go down the street, to go to some, some, some people can talk that language. Go down the street, make a left, and then pass it so-and-so, and you'll see it. That's not me. I gotta pull it up, give me the address, gotta walk me through it. I have a horrible sense of direction, right? My wife has a great sense of direction. She can get there sometimes without pulling up GPS, without anything. She can just, oh, I know where that is. And, and I'm not that guy, you know? I gotta have, a na I gotta be navigated through the whole thing. Do I got any people that need that? That like that type of help, you know? I can pull it up and see where I'm going. Is it, and then you got Map, what is it, MapQuest, right? That's not a good one. There's some GPA systems or map systems that when you say it in the in the uh, uh, the lady's talking back to you. Make a left. Make a right. Right. Don't miss your. That's me. I'm just not even thinking. It's just make a right, make a left. I just do that. Right. But you know what? That helps me because what happens is that it allows me to get to where I'm trying to go. I don't have to worry about it. I can just sit back and I can follow the instructions to get to the destination without having any hiccups and any mistakes. It's a comfort, right? I can sit back, relax, know that I'm being navigated the right way. When I go to Disneyland, I like to go get on Dumbo. Is Dumbo there? I like to get on Space Mountain. You know what I mean? As many times as I've been there, I still want to see it on the map follow where we gotta go, right? The kids pull it out and they tell me this is where it is and then they go, right? And then we follow, right? So maps are a big deal. How many say, Pastor Diane, I agree, maps are a big deal, right? And so a couple of things that I want to, to, to help you guys understand is the Bible is the roadmap, the GPS system for our life. The Bible is our GPS it is our map, and we're going to go through that today and study and learn how to read the how to read the word and how to study it so that we can navigate through our life. Amen. How many are okay with that? Uh, according to a survey, I read the survey earlier this week. Christianity Today: Only 19% of professing Christians read their Bible every day. The other remaining 81% regular. Re Regularly, or if ever, open their Bible. Church, I firmly believe that the widespread of neglect in God's Word has created a biblical illiteracy in today's church that has set the stage for the for the for crisis coming, and also for the great falling away of the. Of, 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 of the faith. Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 24. I believe that there's churches today, there's people that profess Christ that are biblically illiterate, meaning they do not know the Bible, they do not know the Word of God, and I believe it is setting the stage for Christ's return because there was a time when everyone was biblically sound and everyone was focused and consistently, rhythmatically reading and, and reading their word and praying. There was a time where that was just a standard in a way of life. But the world we live in today, I believe it is definitely setting the stage for Christ's return. In Matthew chapter 24, it talks about the falling away of of the believer and so the question in the back of many people's minds is, is well pastor donnie does it even really matter that i read the word 
if I study my word or not, does that even really matter? If I read my word or if I open up the Bible, does it even really make a difference if I read my word? Well, well because there's podcasts and, and, and I can jump on and hear John Gray real quick and I love him. I can jump on and hear T.D. Jakes real quick. I can jump on and hear these different people and I can use that as my way of getting God's word. I'm here as a witness to say that the that is it important? Absolutely, it is important. It is a key uh, in the relationship that you have with Christ in studying your word. And and, and actually today, uh, what I'm going to be driving home is that if you study your word, you'll change your life. If I study my word, I'll change my life. In this Psalms, we see. At least five benefits that I'm going to give you today in studying the Word. We see five benefits of studying the Word of God. And together, we're going to consider the five benefits. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you five benefits. Benefits of studying the Word of God. Benefit number one. You write this down. The Word of God cleanses me of my, of my sinfulness. The word of God cleanses me of sinfulness. David, David clearly understood the power of God's word. Notice the question in verse number nine. How can a, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Meaning my ways are like how I am. How can a man cleanse his ways? Now listen to, now listen to the answer of abundant life carefully. How can he cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word by listening to the word of God. How can I cleanse myself of sinful ways by listening to the word of God? And then look at verse 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Sin against who? Sin against God. Notice where David says he hid God's word. He didn't hide it in his mind. He didn't Put it on his nightstand to look cute. Come on. He didn't post just post scriptures on social media. He hid the word, the Bible, in his heart. We are to hide God's word in our heart by reading and listening. If you say, Pastor, I'm not a reader. Well, listen to audio. You can download apps. You can listen to the word of God through audio. Some people get into the get to the place where they're memorizing scripture. You're doing all these things so that you can basically start downloading the word of God into your life. See, when the word of God is hidden in our heart, it helps us form a protective barrier against this against sin in our life. Does that make sense? When you get the word of God saturated in your heart, it puts a protective barrier around your heart. Protective of what? Against sin. So the reason why I want the word to saturate my heart is because it helps protect my heart from sinful ways. It, it won't make, now listen, getting the word in your heart and studying the word won't make you sin less. Sinless. It will make you sin less. Just by studying your word every day, won't make you sinless because we all sin. But getting the word in my heart will make me sin less. 
Ah, y'all don't, did you get that? Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? By, by, by working out every day, you, you, by working out every day, you can get buff like Pastor Donnie. Working out every day, you might not get buff, but working out every day, you 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 will you will get more stronger. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm getting the word in my heart because I want to sin less. How many don't want to sin? Raise your hand. Well, here's what happens with that is getting the word of God in, in our life. How many say, Pastor Donnie, I want a relationship with God? Raise your hand. How many say, I want a consistent relationship with God? Raise your hand. Well, me too. The only thing that breaks your relationship with Christ is sin. When you sin, relationship is broken. Like when you break up with somebody, you give them that last text or that call. You know how you break up with people these days? You send them, is it on an app? But when you break up with somebody... They've done something to break the relationship where it cuts it off. In a relationship, there is a two-way conversation. In any relationship, there's got to be dialogue. Don't be in a relationship with someone that has no, nothing to say and are not saying anything to you or bringing value in a relationship. Are you with me? In a relationship, it is a dance. It's a two-way thing. We're, 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 someone's talking, someone is listening. And I talk to church uh, in, in how God speaks the One of the ways God speaks is through his word So if we want to be in relationship with Christ The way we speak to him is in prayer Somebody say in prayer But one of the ways I taught you guys That, the Holy, that Christ speaks to us is through his word So if you want God to talk to you Read your word Because that is what he left It is him talking to us It is in the Bible Now Here's the thing. It is hard for you to sin. Remember, let's use sin as the, the, as the factor that will destroy the relationship. There's some certain things in your relationships with people that you say, if you do this, the relationship is done. I'm going over on this side. You guys are deep over here. This is like, we're like shallow here. If you, if you do certain things in the relationship, with, in our relationship, it's going to break our relationship. If you do sin in your relationship with Christ, we're done. Did you catch that? All right. Now, the only way to make sure that that doesn't happen is to make sure that we stay in communication. If I'm in communication with Christ, if I'm in communication with you, it's very hard for us to break relationship because we're in communication. It's very hard for you to break relationship with Christ if you're in communication. Well, Pastor Donnie, I'm in communication. Well, probably a lot of us are praying in communication, but we're not hearing the other end of the communication by hearing what he has to say back to us. I believe that churches across America do a great job at praying and asking and believing, but we don't do a good job at listening. So, so studying your word is hearing from God, is speaking. If you're studying your word and reading and hearing from God in communication, it is very difficult for sin 
to break that relationship. When you're in a relationship with a partner or somebody, you set the tone and say, we ain't gonna let nobody in this circle, we ain't gonna let nobody come in our relationship, we got our thing going. We ain't gonna let this happen, we ain't gonna let nobody talk, we ain't gonna let this happen, we ain't gonna we agree to this, we agree to that. And so you create a bond with a person and nothing can break that relationship because you guys have such a bond. You've got to have such a bond with Jesus Christ to say, you know what, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna read my word, and we're not gonna let anything that can mess this relationship up is what is called sin. I don't know about you, but have you ever stepped aside and had a conversation with you and God and said, God, I value my relationship with you so good that I know what can break this relationship. What can break this relationship is sin. So I want to make sure that our communication is so strong that sin can't get, get in. The first point is how to make sure sin doesn't get involved is reading your word. Benefit number two, the word of God revives me when I stray. Point number two. The word of God revives me when I stray. There are at least four references in the word of God that, that talks about reviving us. In Psalms 119, in that whole chapter, just read all of 119. Just Pastor, I give me something to study. Go read Psalms 119. Listen to David. David is, is awesome because David will kill Goliath, but then he has real moments. How many have said, I've, I've come through some tough storms, but I still have some challenges? <laughs> okay. How many say, I've, I've won some big battles, but I'm still dealing with some things in my life? I, I've knocked some giants out, but I'm still dealing with some issues. Amen? But listen to how David communicates with God. He, re he realizes that his strength and his source is with God. The Bible revives you. Verse 107, I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O God, according to your word. In verse uh, 154, you don't have to go there. Plead my case and redeem me, revive me according to your word. Verse 156, 150, that was 154, 156. Great are your tender mercy, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgment. Verse 159 says, Consider how I love your precepts, meaning I love your word. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. David is like, Revive me through your word. He's basically saying, God, speak to me through your word. Yeah, I've, I've lions and bears, and I've come through so much. Church, you've come through so much. Look, congratulations, you're at the halfway part of 2019. You already won some battles, right? Go in the locker room and look at the playbook. What's the playbook? It's the word of God to say, God, revive me through your word. Not a motivational talk, not a motivational speaking, not even a word from my pastor. I want to get in the word of God because your word is a life, and that will revive me. David is saying, revive me from with your work. And then, it, th 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 says, revive. then let's talk about stray. The Bible teaches us that, that we are like sheep. Somebody say sheep. If we are like sheep, we are like sheep have a tendency to wander. Christ views us as sheep. How does he look at me? He looks at me as a sheep. Sheep stray. Sheep wander. Spiritually speaking, that means we all wander, we all stray, we all drift. The word in the church, we all backslide, we all fall out, we all become lukewarm. 
Right? And it is not the responsibility to cause fire in your relationship with Christ. It is not the, the church's responsibility to, to, to rekindle your fire so you're not lukewarm. Well, I can go to church because I just, I just need to get back in. Like, right? Don't come to church like, man, this is just going to get me back going in my relationship. That's not the purpose of the church. Right? Like, our relationship has to, we've got to figure that out. Your relationship becomes on fire with Christ in how deep your relationship is. Whew. Check this out. The reason why people are not experiencing the blessing and living the abundant life that Christ intended to is because their relationship is not deep enough. It's too shallow. Anything can break the relationship. Anything can come and go, and I'm not too sure about God. What? That's not how the relationship would work. You're in a relationship with people yourself. You, if anything just rocks you in, they're not your true BFF. They're not your true best friend. A true friend can ride or die, come hell or high water. Come on, somebody. Why is it then that our relationship with Christ is based on feelings and what he can and cannot do? If you want to go further in your relationship with God, you've got to go deeper in your relationship with God. Somebody say, I want to go deeper. And so what happens is we stray. We go all, all, all over the place. We, we, we mess up because we are not uh, in our word. And the reason why we wonder, the reason why we stray is because we have stopped reading. We have stopped devotion. We have stopped doing the things that are most important in our relationship. The, the script of a relationship is what happens behind closed doors. The reason why your homegirl and your homeboy, the reason why you guys are so tight is because there's been nights where you guys have cried together. Y'all don't like this. There's been times where you guys have been on the phone talking all night long in, in relationships and in husband and wives and boyfriend, girlfriend, I don't care what it is. There's been times where what made that relationship deep and stronger is what happened behind closed doors. My question is, church, what is happening behind closed doors in your relationship with Jesus Christ? So then, to rekindle the fire, what we end up doing is we do a couple of things to revive us, to bring our fire back, to get amped up about Christ. What we do is we start, uh, uh, we start getting involved more with church work. This will help me get my fire back. We start listening to more Christian music. I'm going to listen to worship every day on the word, on way to, on way to uh, work or whatnot. I'm going to watch Christian TV. I'm going to watch Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes consistently every single day. Uh, or, or I'm going to listen to my favorite preacher on, on, on podcast every single day. That's going to get me amped up. That's going to get my relationship going. Or I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to go to Abundant Life. I'm going to try out five or six different churches. I'm going to hop around all over the place. I'm going to do everything I can to get amped up. And here's the thing. Hopping around, let me just say, side note, hopping around to different churches is not healthy. You're, that's like eating a whole bunch of different food. You've got to have one diet. You've got to sit yourself down and be committed to one church and hear the word of God sit there like a plant and grow. The winds will come. Things will change. But be Watch God change your life. Stop jumping around all over the place. This is not a buffet. You got to get planted in the church that God has told you to be in. Be consistent there. Pray for your pastor. Get involved. Roll up your seed. Sow seed. And watch God bless you. He doesn't bless stuff all over the place. He bless. 
Uh, and so some of those things are okay, serving in the church and doing all that stuff. Some of that stuff is okay and, 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 and everything like that. But I'm going to tell you the truth uh, that keeps you from veering off track is making sure that you are in your word. The reason why people get messed up and backslide and get off track anyway is because they don't either have a rhythm of devotion or they're not reading their word at all. Are you with me? You got to understand, you've got to see that the Bible is there as a place of, this is God saying, God, he's trying to talk to me. And are we listening to what he's trying to say? If the Bible's on the nightstand, it's like, look at that as God talking to me and I haven't heard him talk. If, the, if you haven't cracked open your Bible, you have to look at it as God has been speaking to me. He's trying to tell me something and I have not opened up the word to see, to hear what he has to say to me. He left instructions for me and I'm not, li I'm not, I'm not listening to what he has to say. Not reading your word, you have to view it as saying, I'm ignoring what God is trying to say to me. I, he said, I've given you my word. Are you, are you going to listen to what I have to say? Are you with me, church? Amen. He has a lot to say. In the word, it has things in there to say about, about your past. It has, to sing, has things to say about what's happening in your life right now. It has to say, he has things to say about what's happening in your future. The word of God has a lot to say. And if you missed it in the past, okay, but don't miss it anymore. The things that you've gone through in your past, he had a lot to say about it in the word. What would have happened if we would have got in the word? He has a lot to say with what you're dealing with right now in his word. And he has a lot to say about what you're going to go through in your future in his word. How many know that we are created by God? If we're created by God, why wouldn't we read the word to know what we're supposed to do? You didn't ask to be here. Tell me how you got here. You're here. We are created in the image of God. So if God created me and put me here, he must have a plan and a purpose for my life. A business owner, a product, a business, they have a purpose for what they've created. If there's a purpose for what they've created, we've got to stay with the manual so we can know how that thing is supposed to function. And a lot of times we live in a life, we're living our life basically putting pieces together of what we think through Instagram schooling, all that stuff. But we, we neglect to crack open the word of God to understand, hey, this is how I want you to live your life. I brought you here to live it this way. Are you with me, church? And getting into your word allows you to do that. When you read your word, you're receiving guidance and direction. Mothers are receiving it for fathers. It's for everybody. It's not just for preachers. It's for everybody. It's for mothers. It's for fathers, for sons, for daughters, for everyone. We've got to stop doing it our way. And then we go read the word. That's backwards. We've got to do it God's way. And then we go. Again, if I go to Disneyland, I'm not going to just get in there and bump around, watch this, and waste time. In Disneyland, if there's a couple of rides that I want to get on, I can spend an hour trying to figure it out myself. 
I can wait in line, I can try and figure it out, I can bump around, I can make a whole bunch of left turns and right turns, waste my time, but there's a group of people that are probably going exactly where they want to go. And those people that are going exactly where they want to go have either memorized the map or are reading the map. I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste any more time on this earth not knowing where I'm going in this big world. I can walk around this world trying to figure out, I can make a whole bunch of left turns, make a whole bunch of wrong turns, make a, ask a whole bunch of wrong questions, get on the wrong way, get on the wrong path, and never get to where God is trying to take me because I did not take time to open up the map and see exactly where I'm going. Church, I'm just trying to save you some time in this year, time in your life to open Bible and read the map and let it and let it guide you. Are you with me, church? And, and, and see, I, have you ever gotten a car with somebody that don't need a map? They just jump in and start driving. You're like, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Vegas. Oh, we're going to so and so and so and so. We're going on a big trip, and they know where they're going. Juan just got back from Mexico, just drove last night and came back. Come on, thank God for you being here. He didn't have a map, probably. You know how to get there, right? He's been there a whole bunch of times. When we first started going, you got to have a map and figure out how to get there. If you get in a car with somebody and they don't have a map or a GPS system, for me, I'm nervous because you know i got to have a map. I'm like, you sure you know where you're going? You, you got your all right? You, you, you sure you want to make a left here? I'm, like, I, that's, I'm that guy. I'm that guy in the seat. Uh, 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 but you know what? Have you ever been in a car with somebody and they just go? And they know where they're going? Here's the problem with that person, though. I love it. That person can be driving, but because they don't have a map and they don't have a GPS system, there's a problem that always happens for that person. When there's an accident or there's a detour in the freeway, then they get lost and they don't know where they're going because they didn't prepare for that. And church, that's why I like to have a map and a GPS system. Let me correlate it on over to the church. That is why I refuse to live my life vicariously without direction. Because the Bible will instruct me not only which way to go, but how many know that when the Bible will tell you when an accident happens and when a detour comes, it'll give you direction to reroute you. Look at somebody and just say, just stick with the map. The map, God's direction, his biblical direction will save you time and allow you to live the life he intended you to live here. Benefit number three, the word of God comforts me when I'm suffering. It comforts me when I'm suffering. I, I, I'm okay with, 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 with calling a, 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 a pookie and... and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with all that stuff, but at the end of the day, the word of God comforts me. You know, I hate doing funerals. As a pastor, I love, there's certain things you do when you become licensed pastor. You do weddings, you do funerals, you know what I'm saying? You do all these things. I hate doing funerals. Just because it's just not in my rhythm of personality. I'm a, I like, I like, you know, and I don't, I don't like the funerals. I'll do them and, and that's fine. And I was always lost for words for comforting of the family. That's one thing you have to do is you have to comfort the family before, during the funeral, after funeral, days to come. And I didn't like it. I didn't know how to do it. It's not that I didn't like it. Let me take that back. It's like I didn't know how to say the right word. I mean, what is the right words? Do you see what I mean? There's, you're you're in, the, in the funeral business. So it's like, how, I don't know what to say or what to do. You know? But guess what I learned to do? I learned to start giving them the word. I would just read scriptures about uh, passing away and funerals and things like that. And guess what? It was the best comfort for them. 
the word of God was the best comfort for someone that experienced the loss. And I've experienced it in my life. The best comfort when I'm sad is the word of God. When I'm hurting, it's the word of God. When I'm discouraged, it's the word of God. When I'm doubting and confused, it's the word of God. Pastor, Pastor, I've never experienced that. Well, guess what? You've got a new way to get over sadness, depression, fear, doubt, discouragedness, and confusion. Go to your word. It will comfort you. The word is just comforting. It's like haagen It's like cravings and cream. It's like... It's, it, it, it's like it's like lemonade on, on, a, on a summer day. It, it's like barbecue on the 4th of July. How many of you know the word of God is so good? But it's hard because you got to get cross over to learning and getting in your rhythm. And then you'll, you'll experience what I'm saying. Church, I am, I'm telling you that the word of God comforts me when I suffer. It, it cleanses me of my sins. It, rev, it, it revives me when I stray. And it comforts me when I suffer. And number four, the word of God strengthens me when I'm weak. I said the word of God strengthens me when I'm weak. Here's the crazy thing is the enemy will make you think you don't need the word because you might have a good circle around you, good friends, you know, good things that kind of get you through working out. For me, working out is like therapy, right? Like I like it, it's it's uh, it, I like it because, you know, it, it's got me this awesome figure. Because um, I'm buff? No, I'm just kidding. But working out is something that I use uh, to, to, to help get me through. But I found that working out is not, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really do it. It's, it's, it's the Word of God. When I'm, when I'm weak, it's the Word of God. When I'm alone, 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 it's the Word of God. Reading the Word of God is true. Because people can say some things that will get you maybe oh, through the next three days, but it won't sustain you. I'm going to keep it real. My homies, my friends, I have good circles of friends. I got good pastors, got people speaking in my life, my wife, my kids, all that stuff. They, they, you can motivate and they say all they want, but at the end of the day, the only thing that really gets me through is the Word of God. It's the only thing that gets me through. Hey, let's do this. Check this out. Let's say you're going through a tough time. In your life and you're wore out you're stressed out you're tired you're, you're fatigued you're frustrated you're discouraged and now after going through the series at abundant life and you know how to read your Bible and you remember and, and instead of throwing in the towel instead of getting frustrated you said I'm gonna take some time and read my word and, and, and instead of going to Netflix or watching a cool movie to make me feel good real quick, instead of thumbing through Instagram and, and Facebook to look at people living lives that aren't real and vicariously live through their life, and that's a that's rolling of the dice because if you use that to help you feel better after having a tough day and having chest and trial, you're rolling the dice because you might see some things that motivate you, you might see some things that make you upset. And then you may see some things that hurt your own self-esteem because you're measuring yourself against somebody else. I am, man. So, so, so because you've gone through, through the series, you said, I don't need Netflix or a cool movie to make me laugh and feel good. I, I don't need to thumb through social media because I need to do this. It's become a habit that I look at social media as a vice now to help me. But because I've gone through the series, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open my Bible. 
And as I open my Bible before I go to bed, you spend some time with God because you're lonely and you need encouragement. You go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Don't go there. And it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, but in due season I will reap if, 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 if I do not lose heart. Then as I'm getting encouraged, as I read that scripture before I go to bed, I, I, I read another scripture in the Bible because now I'm awakening my spirit. I'm feeding my life in a good way. I'm not feeding my life through social media and the news and soap operas and drama and texting friends and all that type of stuff. That is not what's being downloaded in my mind. But because I've come through the Bible series and because we learned the value of the scripture, then I go over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, because I feel like I can't accomplish things in my life. The scripture then tells me I can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengthens me. And then after that, my faith begins to build and I begin to get stronger. So I just go on over to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, but those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with a wing like eagles. They shall not be weary. They shall run and not faint. They shall walk and not faint. Then I'm feeling strong, but sometimes I have fear. Somebody say, I have fear sometimes. And when I have fear, I know how to go over to Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am God, and I will strengthen you. Yes. I will uphold you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Now I'm sitting up in the bed and I'm feeling really good now. And sometimes I get anxious and I don't, I'm not patient enough. I want the promise and I want the answer right now. But nobody can encourage me like, like I want to. So I go to the Bible. And the Bible tells me in Psalms chapter 40, verse 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry and he brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay which is the dirt and set my feet upon a rock. Now I'm stronger than ever and I'm ready to go to bed. And matter of fact, if I look at some Netflix or something like that, I'm doing it out of the joy of my heart. It's not a vice and it's not nothing I needed because I've gotten strength from the word of God and the word is true. Are you with me, church? See, just by reading those few verses at that time, and that's that minute, that was devotion. I just gave you an example of devotion. I read four scriptures that are uplifting, that add value to your life, that make you feel better as you go to bed. And these are things that are true. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. Versus looking for social media and looking for other things and looking for other vices to make you feel good, which don't last at all and puts you in this weird cycle of trying to get fulfilled by the things on this earth versus things that are everlasting. That is my first go-to. It's the Word of God. Somebody say, that's my first go-to. Is the Word of God. I'm having a challenge on my job. Well, what does the Word say? I'm having a problem in my relationship. What does the Word say about this relationship? I'm having a problem in my marriage. What does the Word say about my marriage? I'm having a problem in my finances. Because whatever the Word says, that's what's going to work. Oh, I'm cool with your opinion and, and what you've got to say and your feelings and how you feel about it. And I'll listen to it. That's okay. But at the end of the day, the Word Somebody say the word works. The word works. The word works. Then I can watch Netflix. <laughs> I want to get you some popcorn. Mike and Mike's with it too. <laughs> Enjoy your night. But order. The things in order. Benefit number five, and we're out of here. The word of God guides me when I'm confused. The word of God guides me when I'm confused. 
The main reason why people are discouraged and depressed and lonely is because they don't have a clear path in their life. This is, this is, they don't have a true purpose for their existing. Path and purpose come from the word. God created you. He wrote the word. So the word tells you what your purpose is on this earth. The only way you find purpose is through the word of God. Are you with me? Here's the other thing. People don't really know what they want in life because they don't read their word. They really don't know. They really don't know what they want. I, I, I think I want to go over here. I think I want to go over there. I think I want this. I think I want that. I'm not sure if I want this. I'm not sure if I want that. And it's all because they don't know who they are. It, it doesn't matter what changes in my life because I know who I am because of the word of God. I'm okay. Are you with me, church? And if they know who they are and they know where they're going, if they're not reading their word, I'm sorry, if they're, if they're not reading their word, they don't know which path to take if they're not reading their word. So sometimes you can get direction, you can get clarity, but if you don't read the word, you won't know which path to take to get there. Are you with me? Somebody say, I gotta know which path to take. The word of God gives you the path to take. You know, before the, before the, before the GPS, we're talking about all these navigation systems, there used to be a, a, a map, like a real map. Yeah, my dad drove my family when we came, we, I'm originally from Chicago, South Side, represent. Uh, and so my dad drove our family in a U-Haul truck from Chicago to California. It was me, my brother, my dog, and my mom in a cabin in a U-Haul truck. There was no GPS back in the day. The boy was born in 1975. It was a good year. I don't even know what's wrong with me. But he drove across the desert in a, in a truck. And guess what? There was no GPS system. You know what they had? Those big maps you fold, unfold. Yeah, do that too. Y'all saw that visual? And what they have to do is he has to highlight where we're going. Are you with me? And he was very focused on highlighting. My dad actually almost had heat stroke getting us out there. How many know, thank God, he brought us all the way across because your boys wouldn't even be here. I'd be somewhere on the south side, right? So check this out. So when you get in that car, he's in the truck, he's driving, a whole family in here driving, and he's got the GPS, he, no GPS, he just has the map, right? And he highlights and he has to stay focused on the map. And he has to stay focused on where he's going. He can't veer from that because if he doesn't, we're going to get lost somewhere in a desert, right? And my mom is not having that. You understand? And, and, and she's trying to get us to where we're going. And we, but California, you know, the, the, the dream, the palm trees and everything. And you can see it now, you know, lights and cameras and action. And we made it. And so um, we're on our way to California. You got to have a map to get there. Thank God for the map. And, and, and even in this story, you guys are not seeing the significance of the map. Because without the map, we can't get to where we're going. Without the map, it's actually life or death. Without the map, it, it actually prevents purpose. 
actually went out the map over 18 years ago. My father started this church. He wouldn't have been able to get here. Without the map, I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. Without the map, we wouldn't have been able to find out where to go, how to go, for me to go to school, to grab, to have a wife, to have beautiful children. Without the map, I would have never met her. Without the map, things wouldn't have happened. And I came to tell you today, are you using the map? We want to thank you for tuning in today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit AbundantLifeLB.com 